coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, NES Classic Edition, not being as good at games as you remember being, and the myth of artificial scarcity. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Hey, Patrick. How's it going? Pretty good, Mark. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, like we talked about last week, my boyfriend is out yes. of the country right mm-hmm. now. And so I am watching his dog. Yes, this dog, Pizza. Uh-huh, Pizza. Is the dog's name. And um, we, uh, Pizza and I get along okay, but we're not best friends. <laughs> sure. And uh, the other night, we had a long serious conversation because he like lick, likes to lick his paws and so i was putting this like spray on it now you mentioned this spray uh over, over the weekend yeah is it a spray specifically designed to like discourage dogs from licking things uh licking their paws like oh, it's specifically for okay. their like fur and skin because it's supposed to help it heal but mm-hmm. then it also has like peppermint or something in it that so they're not like it's something that's apparently they're not supposed to like sure so i was spraying it on it dogs don't chew gum as far as i know (laughs) yeah exactly they don't like spearmint um and so we uh, i was spraying it on his paw and he kind of like snipped at me like oh no oh yeah so we had a long conversation where i put on my best like disappointed voice yeah does it does it seem like he's listening it does because i mean i'm like oh pizza bad dog that's a bad dog thing to do and like pointing at my hand where he tried to snip at it and be like ow you could have hurt me bad pizza and he's you know like puts his head down and won't look me in the eye right so he's feeling it has he let me ask you this has he tried to take a bite out of you since well in his defense he didn't try to like like grab like the meat of me well, you know sure. he was yeah, just yeah. like you know just like snipping at the it air it was a being, warning like, get away. Yeah. yeah exactly um and it didn't like make contact or anything i'm excusing his poor behavior yeah you're an enabler mark <laughs> if this but, dog has bad behavior it's your fault <laughs> yep but uh no he has not he has not tried to uh uh to take another bite sense. yeah uh great mark should we talk about the weather i, I feel like we have it's, to it's time to yeah. talk about the weather uh I would say unremarkable. Not very hot. A little bit hot. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and complain because that's what I Fine, do about the bring weather. Bring it on. But so we're at that time, and it's actually later. <laughs> where it's actually later this year than it usually is. But we're at that time in LA where it's like warm during the day, like kind of annoyingly warm during the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. because uh, it's fall and the uh, sun goes down earlier, it gets like colder at night right and gets colder earlier and stays colder longer yes you're just like how am i supposed to dress it's a whole thing um i don't know if this is weather related but why is there so much moon news these days have you noticed this (laughs) that like there's always a I, yes, I know this sounds like my tight five for the comedy <laughs> stuff, but I, I feel like every day there's like, oh, you got to check out the harvest moon or the super moon or whatever is happening right now. Yes, it's a super moon. Okay. Which, which I guess is cool in the sense that it's like a full moon and the it's the closest like the earth and the moon are to each other. Okay. Um, This but- is when they should have released Pokemon Sun and Moon, or at least the moon part of it. <laughs> 
Um, but they yeah, I don't know. Staggered a release, <laughs> just or to li- go inside with the or at least mode. flip it and the um, NES Mini. Yeah, do it on Friday. It could all be done. Ugh. Ugh. Mark, uh, let's talk about what what games we've been playing. Great. Uh, what have you been playing? I finally started Dragon Quest Seven. Hooray! Yeah. Um, Our I've long le- national nightmare is over. <laughs> Mark only- has started yeah, Dragon, Dragon Quest, Quest 7. Seven. Well, I've only been able to play an hour, like an hour and a half of it, mm-hmm. and have not done a battle yet. Great. I uh, I think I've gotten to a point where I'm about to battle something, but I had to stop playing before I could actually do it. So what? What then is your first hour and a half? What are you doing for that well, much I, time? Well, I also have to say that um, I have the kind of personality uh-huh. in RPGs where I like will run into every available room and open every available like closet yeah, yeah. and like drawer and stuff like that. And I think this game is going to. I'm just not going to be able to do that and ever finish it. Sure, it's the uh, um, the the Skyrim yeah the problem yeah yeah no uh, but apparently the original release of dragon quest 7 had an even longer opening before but and so this is like a pared down version but basically what you're doing is it's scene setting like this is the world you exist in now and this is your relationship to things and it didn't bother me like i at no point was i like oh my gosh just get to the battles Mm -hmm. uh and i wonder if it later in the game it'll pay off because you know it's like oh this you went on this like huge journey with these characters because this is where you started and you spent so much time yeah figuring out like where you came from so to see the change at the end will actually be meaningful that it's so interesting that it it takes so long to even get to combat like i i I can think of a, a lot of other um rpgs that are super slow to start or at least relatively slow to start but like the Final Fantasy series is usually really good about throwing you right into something, you know? Like, Final Fantasy VII starts with you uh, raiding one of the Mako reactors, Mm -hmm. and then, like, the characters come together afterwards and then have their, like, quiet thing together. And, you know, then the game, like, slows down and makes you read text for 45 minutes. Right. But, you know, it starts off with combat. Um it's weird that Dragon Quest is like mm, no. <laughs> well, that th- it's specifically Dragon Quest Seven. Yeah, is like a weird outlier in this case. Um, and I I don't know. Like I, I was expecting to kind of be annoyed by it, but I mean just because I don't have that much time to play games, yeah. And so I'm kind of like I want to get to it. But contrast that with I think like the last major RPG I played, uh, that I can think of was like fallout 4 yeah and that is a game whose beginning like throws you into it immediately and it's kind of to its detriment because the whole story is predicated on uh like the character's motivations from the beginning and they it feels so out of whack because it's like i don't you don't know as the, as the role player i don't care at all about the characters i'm supposed to care about and I don't know if in Dragon Quest Seven I'm gonna be like, oh, I deeply care about these characters, but it at least, <laughs> but at least gives me like some moment of, um, like yeah. living in the world, and the yeah. world is interesting enough that, uh, again, I wasn't like bored or annoyed or anything like that. Uh, what would you say? Let's see if we can come up with these uh, uh quickly. What is your favorite RPG opening? I really like Final Fantasy Nine. 
uh, Final Fantasy IX starts with uh, Zidane and uh, the the bandits like robbing something. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of like a heist during the uh, big RPG festival. You know, <laughs> yeah, whatever ever. it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The big Final Fantasy festival. <laughs> um, that should be a thing if it's not already Final Fantasy festival. <laughs> that should be a thing. There, yeah, it absolutely. has to be a thing. Um, if not, Mark, Mark, if not, we're going to, I'm just going to look right, up. Right, yeah. Just register look it up right the domain now. name. Uh, yeah, that, I, I like yeah, that one a lot. A I answer. think that, because I love heists, you know, and so I think that's a, that's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think I would say Super Mario RPG. Because oh, yeah. it starts with Mario going to Bowser's castle to rescue the princess. You know, it starts, it does like a whole Mario game in miniature. Yeah. And then it's like, nope, boom, the game is something <laughs> entirely different. Um. Well, great. Uh, I expect regular updates on Dragon Quest Seven. I will probably be playing this game till I die. I think that's so, right. And like, if it really is like a hundred hours to complete the main story, and I can do this in <laughs> hour, hour and a half increments a week, right? That means you're going to be doing this for, for another like sixty-six years. weeks. Yeah, so like a, a year and change. Yeah. So hopefully, we're still going at that point. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm not dead. We could be dead. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, other um, games I've been playing. Uh, guess what? There are a lot of old Nintendo games. Well, I mean, we we might as well. We haven't discussed it at all, but we have we NES have NES minis, yes. classic editions. Uh, we we each have uh, an NES classic edition. Um, and we'll get into the grand saga of securing those things uh, a little bit later on in the show. Um, so that's a teaser, right? <laughs> <laughs> right there. Um, but so a- as a result, um. Mark, you and I together played through uh, Super Mario Brothers 2. Uh-huh. Um, and let me tell you, uh, that game uh, proving to be more challenging than I remembered it being. Uh, well, I, so uh, after we played, I went home and I played a little bit of uh, Super, Super Mario Brothers, the first one. Yeah. I like ran. I went through the whole thing uh, using warp pipe, so just did... Not all the levels at sure, all. Sure, you did. You did like whatever path you used to do as a kid. And then I started um, Super Mario Brothers three mm-hmm. as well, and played through the first two worlds. And I was like frustrated with myself because I haven't played these games regularly for a very long time. I don't buy virtual console titles. Sure. Or, and uh, I, I I was one of the people who bought when they uh, for the Wii just like slapped. Super Mario Brothers All Star onto a disc and called oh. it an anniversary edition. Yeah, you bought that. Oh, a hundred percent. Okay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so that's like the last time I played it, which at this point was probably like ten years ago or something. Yeah, it sounds about right. So I was frustrated with myself because I remember being so good at these games, and uh, like, and now, you know, I'm okay, but I'm not like as quick or as good at them anymore. And right. so I was like frustrated with myself because I would like die and I'd be like, ugh. Oh, Why am I making back. the stupid mistake? Yeah. And you're and, like, you're you're making the mistakes because like your muscle memory is not there anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. And so Super Mario Brothers Two, when we were playing it, was that way. Where it yeah, was just like, well, we were also doing Super Mario Brothers Two as a kid. I I had like a very specific warp path through the game. Mm-hmm. So there were levels that I've played every level in the game at some, at some point in my life. But there are levels in that game that I've played maybe twice. Um, and that's counting over the weekend while we were playing it. Um. And man, I don't know what we would have done without save states. We wouldn't have done it. We would have stopped. We wouldn't have done it. We wouldn't have done it. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Well, because I also remember having a ton of extra lives at all times. Yeah. And we were like barely hanging on with zero <laughs> or like one. When we had two extra lives, we were like, we did it. <laughs> yeah. USA, USA. We were also, uh, it was the two of us and Sarah, my girlfriend, playing mm-hmm. together. Um, and so we had originally stated that we were going to switch off lives and levels. Um, <clears throat> but that, you know, kind of devolves quickly when someone dies immediately after like walking into a level. Um, but it, it does, it, do, it means that like the second you're kind of like getting the hang of something and like dying and learning that you hand the controller off to someone else and then you forget everything you learned by the time it comes back around to you. So I think that slowed us up too. Oh, totally. Um, I also have played a lot of Dr. Mario. That feels weird to me. I don't know. I mean, I guess I knew you'd like Tetris a mm-hmm. lot, but yeah. I, I mean, I knew that I liked Dr. Mario. Um, and I really like Wario's Woods. I think that's an, an underappreciated, um, you know, Nintendo puzzle dropping the blocks on the... <laughs> what's this st- Tetris-style game, I guess. <laughs> um, but, like, I fell deep in, in, into Dr. Mario um, Saturday morning. I, I woke up early, maybe even before 6, I think just kind of, like, reflexively, because that's when I normally wake up um, during the week. And I played until Sarah got up at, like, 9. Um, and then she watched me play for a little bit and was giving me a hard time about making bad decisions under fire. <laughs> and I was like, fine, you play. And uh, I, I went, <laughs> I went somewhere. And when we met up at one o'clock, um, in the afternoon, uh, she had been playing that whole time. So like I played for three hours in the morning. She played for three more hours. We've got so much Dr. Mario time between the two of us right now. It's insane. No. Um, you guys played together a little bit too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But we, you were able, and we'll talk again. I'm hooking you. That's right. <laughs> we're going to talk about more about it later. But you were only able to get like the control. You weren't able to buy an extra controller. That's so you've right. been using your Wii, the classic Wii controller. Classic controller. Yes. And that is—is is there a way that you could use a regular Wiimote? Is there no. like an adapter or something? Even like a third-party adapter, you could. I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, it would have to be like a uh, male-to-male right. Wii remote accessory cord, right. um, and even then, it would have the console would have to know to accept it. You know, it just seems weird that they chose the Wiimote uh, plug. For it's, it's very weird because you can't use the only product you can use is. The Wii Classic, the yeah. Wii, yeah, is that what it's called? The Pro, and it's Pro? it's not the Pro. I think it's just the Classic controller. That, I could I could yeah. be wrong on that, but and then I don't even think you can buy those anymore. So it just feels so weird to me that that's what they chose. It's it, it it's a strange choice. I, I was really hopeful that I could use just the nunchuck, like just plug <laughs> it in because it has two buttons and a joystick. It wouldn't have oh, starter select, true. but yeah. Um, no, I had this grand fantasy of playing uh, two-player Bubble Bobble by myself with two nunchucks. Oh, yeah, with two nunchucks, that'd be perfect. <laughs> it'd be so, it'd be a mind trip. It'd yeah. be crazy. Um, but that uh, that didn't happen. Um, I am also playing uh, now Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link. I started that for the first time, like, really, like, determined yeah. to play it. Yeah. Um, how How is it going for you? I... Don't love it so far. How far are you? Like not very. Like okay. I've maybe played like half an hour, so I haven't like really sat and dug into it. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah. It like the combat feels bad. Oh man, the combat is so good, Mark. <laughs> when when you get into uh like fighting the dark nuts and like other um like other any any character that has a sword and shield, mm-hmm. um it it reveals how deep the combat system in in there is because they're you know even it's so simple between like a jumping attack uh, a normal standing attack and a low attack and everyone guards differently yeah um it feels i guess similar to how we like castlevania 2 in that in my mm-hmm. opinion it feels too ambitious for what the hardware is capable of doing I think that's that's definitely true in in a lot of ways. Um, going into a town and talking to someone and knowing that they can only fill up one box of text mm-hmm. and it's a weird little square, and so they're like, you can tell the people in the proto treehouse or whatever it was back in the day were like, I I don't know, we've 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 got forty characters. It's <laughs> to just figure this out. Well, and people say that um, I need to crack open the pdf uh manual you can yeah download because you know zelda one throws you out there the original legend of zelda throws you out there and you don't really have much direction right but it also doesn't require that much direction it's like context free but the legend of zelda 2 is crazy difficult because it's like Mm -hmm. you have no idea it's it it feels like so much trial and error and i'm not enjoying that aspect of it and so i don't know if i need to if there's like a I don't want to look up a guide, but I don't know if there's a map that's included in the manual or something. It it just feels so like I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. It's interesting because they're like in every town, there's one person who needs you to do something. And um, it's hard to determine, like to separate uh, townspeople being like, when you get to the rock, go north um, from the person who's like, I don't know where my family trophy is. Um, and like, that's, that's a signifier, like find the trophy, bring, bring her the trophy. You'll learn a magic spell. Um, and every town has someone like that, uh, that sends you on like a fetch quest, but it's, it's almost an invisible fetch quest because it's just not made clear. And I like genuinely just find it very difficult. The, uh, like slowness with which the text yeah, uh, you know, like tough. appears and everything. It's just like oh, I, I don't have the pay. I don't know. I, I need to give it more time, but I'm having a real difficult time embracing this game. <laughs> well, fair enough, Mark. That's uh, <laughs> you know, we we don't all have to love everything. Um, and I love this, and that's uh, you know, you don't. I guess I guess you don't. You don't have to. Great, because I don't know that I do. Mark, let's move on to the news. <laughs> So we're going to be talking about scarcity and Nintendo um, for our main topic this week, but it's topical because if you were it's looking, in the news, if you were looking for an NES Classic Edition, you were not able to grab one. You were not alone. No, you are in good company. Um, I would say. So the difference between the amiibo shortages and the Classic Edition shortages is that Nintendo actually acknowledged them. <laughs> they took Nintendo of America took to Twitter and they said, we know this is a hot item. We're going to be uh, shipping more 
throughout the holiday season and the new year. It's almost more, uh, we have discovered that this was a hot item. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> it feel, Yeah, it feels that way. Um, so they gave no concrete details. I, it's probably going to be like every other Nintendo product where if you really want one, you're going to have to check, you know, like every store in your town or city on a regular like on a regular basis and there's no rhyme or reason to when yep. they're going to show up and you might see lines outside of stores that have there's no evidence of there being a new shipment of them um i if- guess gamestop like online between when it launched mm-hmm. and or like when they were initially doing orders and like this weekend this past weekend they got like a mystery couple of other you know like new just like it was available for sale them? again. So who knows? Mm. A bit, the the word online, so take that for the potentially nothingness it's worth, right. is uh, that after Black Friday, like starting into December is when stores are. That's apparently what, like when people have asked their Best Buys or their like Walmarts in Canada and other places, that what they've been told by their Nintendo reps is to expect them after Black Friday, which seems bonkers to me, but... Yeah, but it. I mean, also like if it's in the store for Black Friday, who cares? Like, yeah, that's they're, true. they're gonna, gonna sell anyway. Anyways, um, the interesting thing to note is that uh, no one is including Nintendo NES Classic editions in their uh, Black Friday mailers. Yeah, no one because they should not expect to get them uh, at that time. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, for me, I'm not sad that they're not showing up on Black Friday because if they were, they're gonna be gone. Yeah, exactly. almost immediately yeah. again, and I would have even less of a chance of getting one because I don't do, you know, like right. Uh, yeah. Also, who, what, what would be the point of marking that, marking it down? It's already only sixty dollars, right? Which is basically nothing. Well, I mean, I just think having games. it there on Black Friday, even if yeah. they're not going to mark it down, because uh, none of the Black Friday uh, ads seem to have anything very compelling. If you're a Nintendo fan, no, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's even though uh, this is exciting. There aren't... Well, we will get to a Nintendo item. Let's keep cruising through the news. Okay, great. Um, so last week, Nintendo denied that they were ending Wii U production. This week, they're saying... They just like announced it. They're like, the Wii U's production is coming to an end. Right. So let's trace the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So last week, we heard a rumor... Well, a news story. Sure. I think on like yeah. Kotaku or... Um, I think... Uh, Kotaku may have busted it, but oh, okay. there, there was there was a news story. You're right. Yeah, that um, was like yeah. Uh, it's ending, and then Nintendo came out and denied it. Right, and then two weeks later or a week later, they come back and 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 they weren't. It wasn't a correction. It was just like a news item. Right. Me. Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean is still still sort of correct in that uh, the original story was ending last week, and right. now they're just saying ending soon. Yeah. This is both in Japan and the U.S. Uh. So uh, this doesn't affect your choice to purchase or not purchase a, a Wii U. Uh, so, but just know, yeah, they're they're going to be done printing them soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is a new 3DS bundle coming out on November 25th. So this is in time for Black Friday. Is it that is Black, Black Friday, Friday? Mm-hmm. and uh, it'll cost ninety nine ninety nine, which is only twenty bucks more than a 2DS, which is pretty remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it comes in two colors, like black or white. Uh, and even though they're calling it a bundle or we're calling it a bundle, I think, no I, I think they're calling it a bundle too. Yeah. yeah. No games. No games. Um, Mark, I think this is a great deal. 
I think so too. Uh, it, I mean, I think the 3DS in general is a great deal. Mm-hmm. Let me walk that back. <laughs> I think the 2DS and this are a great deal. Yes. I would not pay at this stage in its life unless you are somebody who um, is has looked at the 3DS's library of games and is like, oh, there are a lot of games on here I need to play because I'm not going to have the opportunity to play them on Switch. Then I would say like, you know. Pokemon. Right. Right. Like paying, <laughs> like buying. But again, I wouldn't, I just don't know at this point that I would pay more than $100 for a 3DS. Sure. I mean, but I think it is worth uh, the the cost difference between the 2DS and this. I feel like it is worth it for the, the upgrade to this just for the um increased speed uh, yeah for the increased speed and also just the ability to close it you know oh yeah um it it, this is also the first time that the regular size new 3ds is available without a game bundled to it um and also seems like it's going to be available everywhere um the there was the super mario 3d land uh bundle right the like lime green one uh no um no the lime green one was uh oh XL. super and that's and that world. had super mario yeah. world um but the the 3d land one um was like a target and walmart exclusive and it was also like 50 dollars more than this uh and there's an animal crossing like one right there was an animal crossing one i i feel like that's uh in short supply now um so I mean, who who knows? I I and and was also um, cost a bunch of money and came with uh, Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer right. in there, which like maybe you're into that, maybe you're not. Uh, weird if you're like forty bucks into it, but you know whatever. Uh, well, so these are ninety nine dollars, and uh, we're in rumor territory now. Dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> but uh, we should get a soundboard of uh, highway to the danger zone for when we do rumors but should we change it to, to the rumor zone yeah we should okay, okay. definitely do that <laughs> all right good, good, good um next time it'll next happen. time uh so there was a page on toys r us canada yes that had it listed for now mark the it switch for there the switch <laughs> for the nintendo switch uh at 329.99 canadian dollars which comes to about two fifty uh, U.S. dollars. Which that's where you and I were, right? Yeah, that's what we were saying was like a really a sweet spot. So then after that, and I think that's been taken down at this point. Oh yeah. Um, but after that happened, like the uh, there's kind of like a flood of switch pricing rumors from uh thus far very reliable sources, mm-hmm. and. Uh, they were saying that it would be uh, that game, which is, I think, the largest uh, gaming retailer in the UK, mm-hmm. maybe all of Europe, is going to be pricing it at 199 pounds, which would work out, which would signal that it'll be about two, $250 sure. in the US. Just given comparable yeah. price. And, yeah. And that, that would, and that Nintendo would be doing the two price, the two SKUs again. So, the entry one would be, we'll just say for simplicity's sake, two hundred and fifty U.S. dollars. Then the second one would be, uh, three hundred U.S. dollars. Sure, with like so, more memory or yeah, or like a the rumor again is a pack-in game mm. of some kind, and probably more memory as well. Maybe who not? Who knows? Mark, do you um, think that pack-in game is going to be Zelda? No, I don't, <laughs> because the other rumor that's kind of like breaking today 
is that um, Mario's finished. Mario Switch is like pretty much good to go. Like it's up on the board, ready to ship. Yeah, and so it will maybe be a launch title. And that Zelda is huge. Like the largest game Nintendo has ever done. Exciting. And uh, that it's taking them a really long time to polish it and get it ready. And so it may be, uh, I guess, not technically delayed because they never said anything outside of 2017. We all just kind of assumed Mm -hmm. that it was going to be a Switch launch title. And now, like, maybe I I'm still going to say that they are going to call it a switch launch window title and that it'll come out in the summer. Sure. And 10 years from now, when we're recording, whatever 10 year from now podcasts look uh-huh. like, uh, we'll say what was, was Zelda a launch game? <laughs> it was a launch window it, game for sure. Was, I remember getting it about when I, I think it was a launch game. Hold on. Let's put it. the tent up. It's a solar flare. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I uh, so maybe it won't be there day one. But here's my question for you: Is mm. if it's delayed to, let's say, earliest summer, maybe even fall? Okay. Does Ooh. it ever come out on the Wii U? Uh, if it does not come out day one with Switch in March, does it ever come out on the Wii U? I think. I well, first of all, I think they're already. I think that train has already like left the station. That it's already. Um, designed to work on both these platforms. Well, sure. Um, so, like, if it just comes down to, like, are they printing it on on uh, Wii U discs? I'm going to say, yeah. Um, Even if it comes out... Well, okay, I, I can imagine a scenario. Here's, here's a scenario I could imagine. Okay. That the uh, Switch comes out and it sells millions and millions of copies. The thing is a blockbuster success. And then they look at their um, their uh, the the bases here, and they're like, "Well, we'll have better luck selling it on the Switch than on the Wii U." Um, but like, because there is an install base; it's not a big one, but like, people do have as many Wii U's as they're ever gonna have right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I don't know. I I, I think it I think it'll still come out on both platforms. I think you're I if it comes out in i think you're probably right i think it maybe depends on like you're saying if the switch sells like amazingly yeah then they may be like it's not worth it but if but, it, but if it just but but if it just sells like you know like because let's say it sells 10 million in the first year so by like holiday 2017 and let's say that zelda got delayed mm-hmm. to holiday 2017 at 10 million switch you're talking about the install base you're basically the install base of the wii u 10 million is a lot to sell in 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 the first year though i don't think it's possible okay that, i think that's what they want to do in their first fiscal year sure is, so that'd be from like uh like march to march basically yeah right mm-hmm. would it would be 10 million um i don't know i i, I guess like I, here's 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 my just quick thing though that like i feel like uh, in in the name of uh, you know like goodwill and following through on what what they promise, I think Nintendo has to deliver this thing on the Wii U. Okay, but would you see a scenario where they have it be digital only on the Wii U? Um, mm, no. Okay, but I think just because Nintendo's so in love with um physical copies of stuff, like they're they're 
uh, that's part of like their DNA is like having the physical thing. Plus, it'll be bundled with an amiibo, Mark. Like <laughs> it'll that's come true. with an amiibo for sure. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I can't, I can't see it being uh, digital only. If they have the uh, the retail channels in place to stock the rest of their stuff, they'll they'll have that going out too. Plus, you know, I'm sure there'll still be uh, room on the shelves for Just Dance 2017, which is <laughs> which will be out on the Wii U as well. So, well, and maybe uh, you should just everybody should just buy a Wii U copy, physical copy, anyway, and hold on to it because maybe they just won't print that many of them. It'll become a collector's item. There you go. It'll be a collector's item. Uh, so Mitomo, yeah, you bet, is getting a large update. Yeah, or already got a it large got, update. Got, I think yeah. it got a large update because I saw yesterday that it's featured on the apps, the Apple App Store's homepage again. Yes, like Mitomo's featured on there. Um, so it has private messages. So you can send private messages to friends. Uh, room customization. You can decorate your room each like spot for you to put something up yeah is a microtransaction of 99 cents yeah um i I was messing around with it a little bit today um which is the first time i've opened mitomo in weeks um and i kind of quickly got to the point where i was like oh yeah i remember why i don't do this well so it says that it's (laughs) easier to use what in your experience does that mean i don't know it's still uh slower than i expect it to be um and i'm still like hitting a brick wall where uh no one in my um circle or my social media circles are playing it anymore so like um all of the people that uh, it shows up that like i've sent friend requests to you know just a couple weeks ago when i really first started playing mitomo um haven't accepted because they haven't I'm I'm assuming here haven't logged on to the thing to see that they have these friend requests. Yeah. Or I'm largely unpopular and no one wants to be my Mitomo friend. Even though that's the whole point of Mitomo. <laughs> well, the thing I found with Mitomo when I downloaded it, set it up and was like this is absolutely not for me mm-hmm. is how uh, like unfriendly it is to use. Yeah, and I mean, it still has a lot of, I think, those same problems. I think it's so opaque. Like, yeah. like I, like, booted it up, made my me, um, answered, like, its questions, and then I was like, what do I do? And there was no guidance. Yeah. And it was so hard to, like, figure out how to send, like, friend requests. It was so hard to, like, figure out how to do anything. I was like, this is absolutely not worth the effort. Yeah. And, th- and that and- was kind of shocking to me. That it's that it's just a, a I, that it was I mean, so unuser friendly. I assumed I expected it to be very like Nintendo yeah. would guide you through the whole thing. They're just kind of like, here's me, Tomo, and then good luck. Yeah, hope you have fun with this somehow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure for the people who use it, it's great, you know, and I'm sure it's making. I hope Nintendo learned a lot from it. Is basically what yeah, I'm I, I hope so too. Um, I think like the most exciting news and something I'm definitely getting on board with is the My Nintendo Holiday Sweepstakes. Oh my gosh! Uh, me too. I I filled out this uh the 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 contest survey whatever it is uh, uh the this morning. Um, if if you have a My Nintendo account, um, you should uh, head on over to the Nintendo website and fill this thing out before two o'clock. Uh. uh Pacific time on November 21st, Mm -hmm. and you're entering to win one of four prize packages. So the Super Mario prize package 
is a Super Mario 3D Land Edition new Nintendo 3DS, plus some codes for Mario Party Stark Rush, Super Mario Maker 3DS, and Mario Amiibo. Now, I want to just mention something about the Mario Amiibo. Great. It says that it's from the Super Mario series, but the Mario from the Super Mario series is like regular looking cartoony Mario, but they have a picture of the uh, 8-bit Mario from Mario Maker. I don't know which is correct. Right. It would be more exciting if it's the Mario Maker one, but who knows? That would make sense if it's the Mario Maker one. Uh, but I don't... Uh, we don't know if uh, Mario Maker on 3DS is going to have Amiibo functionality. We know that it doesn't have all the mystery mushrooms, which are what the Amiibos unlocked in um, the Wii U version of Mario Maker. So I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes when we're talking about Amiibo, I it's like another language to me. Yeah, it's sure. Like, I don't know what any of this means. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's then, fine. It's not your fault. It's just it's my fault for being ignorant. But it's just like mystery mushrooms, and I'm like nodding, like uh huh. The mystery mushrooms are uh, mushrooms that go in in the in blocks in uh, Mario Maker levels that transform you into a different Nintendo character, and um, there are over a hundred of them, and you unlock new uh, mystery mushrooms by tapping amiibo so like i've got a a boo and a Mega Man um sitting on my entertainment center right now i can tap those in to mario maker and get uh, a mushroom that's a little Mega Man and a mushroom that's a little boo and do they follow the art style of whatever like version of mario you're doing they're only available in um the mario one um template oh okay yeah um Maybe, I mean, this is a sidetrack, so maybe it's a topic for another time. But I wonder if Nintendo has usage statistics for, like, Amiibo in certain games. Because it has to be so much work yeah. to, like, for 100, create 100 characters in the Mario 1 style. Yeah. I wonder if they're, like, you know, I wonder if they have statistics to be like, oh, this is a worthwhile investment of our time. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, who, who knows? Right. Who, who, who? No one. <laughs> That's just one of the one of yeah. That's uh, one of four prize packages. Let's keep going. The second go, Mark, one is go. the Pokemon prize package. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got the uh, the uh, the new 3ds XL with the Pokemon branding on it. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, and copies of both uh, Pokemon Sun and Pokemon Moon. Oh, that's kind of cool. Which is weird. This is superfluous. <laughs> yeah. But I you, you yeah. get them both. Uh, the third one is the Legend of Zelda prize package. Uh, it has that cool like galaxy style new yeah. Nintendo 3DS XL plus the Legend of Zelda Triforce Lite plus Legend of Zelda Triforce Heroes, mm-hmm. and then a Link 8 bit amiibo. Right. Um. So the 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 Triforce Light is like a an actual light. It's like a lamp that looks like a Triforce. Oh, that's cool. So like they're just tossing that one in yeah. there. <laughs> and then uh, the Animal Crossing prize package has a new Nintendo 3DS Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer bundle. There we go. This is the one we talked about. The regular, yep. We've talked uh, about most of these bundles already. <laughs> <laughs> Animal Crossing New Leaf. Uh, and then six packs of Animal Crossing Amiibo cards plus an Isabelle Amiibo. Patrick, which one would you want to win? Uh, well, let's see. I own a lot of this <laughs> already it, yeah uh okay let, let's say i had none of this uh i would want the mario one yeah and i think i will would hope for the uh legend of zelda prize package uh which is a, a pretty cool prize package too. i want that lamp yeah that lamp give me that lamp cool. uh, mark i think you can probably just go buy the lamp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i'm not going to but if it's given to me 
then I'll use it. Hey, Mark, that's a great point. <laughs> um, I guess really, there's one. We should talk about new releases this week. Let's talk new releases. And there's one major one. It's the the seismic activity you're feeling. The rumbling <laughs> is Pokemon Sun and Moon getting closer <sighs> on Friday, November 18th. That was us being swallowed by a solar flare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's happening. Uh, yeah, it, it is certainly happening. I've got it preloaded on my... Uh, new nintendo 3ds xl yeah. how was your preload experience slow what, was it as yeah. i i mean i guess it's probably just like it is buying anything else from the store from the eShop. uh yeah i mean it's it's just a, an incredibly big game yeah um no i meant like the purchasing experience which i would rate as like kind of annoying but yeah serviceable I, yeah i mean i don't uh the the pre-order button or like the it's on the the home screen so like it's really easy to get to it like as soon as you go to the store it's one of the oh okay. immediately evident options because let's just say that like i dread having to go into the e-shop <laughs> okay <laughs> i just find it really let's let's say that <laughs> i just i just find it really user unfriendly uh-huh um yeah i yeah i don't uh I don't disagree, but uh, I have yet to find a video game store that I do find friendly. Yeah, that's true. It's so weird. Yeah, that like nobody can get it right. Yeah, no, no one can crack it because the PS4 is awful as well. Yeah, no good. And the Wii U is almost identical to the 3DS. Right. Um. So yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know. And then trying to find a, a game that you want to play on um the iPhone is also a disaster. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. There just is no good way. Buying things is hard. Choice is hard, Mark. <laughs> um, I just mean discover. Like, discoverability, I yeah. think, is really low on all these platforms. Um, w- when you were preloading it, j- just purely out of curiosity, did you wait for it? Like, did you watch the little droplets get dropped into the square? Or did you download later? No, I did the... I always do download now. Um because when I am like, I'm going to buy this thing, I'm never like, I'm going to buy this thing and then play games for a little while. Like, I'm, I'm turning it on to buy the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I turned it on, said download now, watched it drop uh, little gems into a box that would become a present, uh-huh. um, and then did something else. Um, and thank goodness, because it was over an hour later when I, it had finally uh, all loaded on uh, to my three. My new 3DS XL. <laughs> I need to get. I need to. I need to do that. Are you, are you going to go digital on it, or are you going to go? I'm going to um, go digital. Okay. I've I have gone digital for all of my 3DS titles. I think except for mm. one or two. Yeah. Um, I think only one. I think uh, Link Between Worlds is the only one I bought. Which is the only one in my house, and it's your copy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is so weird because. I but I've also I've also gone purely digital on my PS4 yeah. this generation. Um yeah, it's just so easy to it go is. to go all digital. The uh I I am nowhere near digital on the Wii U. I have uh just like a, a couple games digitally. Um cuz it doesn't have a lot of space on there. So. Well, the other thing is that for the 3DS, for some reason, even though I've enjoyed the console, I kind of view it in my own life is kind of like a throwaway console sure like a, a transitional thing yeah almost, like I, yeah. like i don't expect i don't i think right now and maybe i'll be regretting this in like three or four years mm-hmm. uh i don't see it as a console i'm going to come back to 
I know that it is a console I'm going to come back yeah, to. Yeah, so then I think so. so so for me like buying digital if I like was really sure you're like really trying the, to future proof it. Yeah, yeah, then I would probably buy physical. But I just I'm yeah. When when I when I bought mine I I bought a uh, an extra large um micro SD card um and like did something uh, to it like I looked it up I think it's a 128 one um like looked up the thing to because otherwise that's too big for the system you have to like trick it into thinking that it's 264s or something um and so like I did all this stuff to make sure that uh it could read this thing and then I would just be able to load it up and never think about how much. I'm saving onto this thing. That's smart. Um, and I've never looked back, and I just keep spending money on it. Uh, so, Pokemon Sun and Moon, Mark, I think it's time for us to move out of the news. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's 4.33. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 4 Minutes and 33 Seconds, wherein a performer, a group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So for the duration of one performance of 4.33, Mark and I will talk about something not Nintendo-related, effectively uh, not playing our instruments. Uh, so, Mark, I believe you had a topic you wanted to discuss today for 4.33. Yeah, where do you buy your shoes? My shoes? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, I do... The orchestra that's accompanying us is tuning at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, shoes are usually incidental to me, but I like to go to the um, DSW, Discount Shoe Warehouse. Where is that? So it's at Hollywood and Highland. Um, oh, oof. which I uh, know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know there's a little bit of a recoil there. Yeah. Um, but the store itself is surprisingly empty. Uh-huh. Um, I just think getting there seems like getting there's a huge hassle. Yeah, it, it's not great. But there is a, a, a parking garage over there that um, if you validate, it is like three bucks or something. Um, it does mean navigating Hollywood and Highland for uh, any length of time which is obviously too much. Um, but uh, they've got a, like a big clearance section. And you know, uh, DSW has um, you know, like a sticker system where after a week, it's, uh, they're 40% off, 50% off. And uh, so I end up getting most of my shoes pretty inexpensively at DSW. Mark, where do you get your shoes? Uh, I, well, so my shoes for me are also like incidental. Yeah. Um, they're about like function. Yes. Uh, and you're wearing some nice shoes now, right? These are my boyfriend's that I'm wearing because he's out of town. Very good. Uh, and <laughs> where does he get his shoes? Um, I don't know. He actually has a sense of style, so mm-hmm. he shops at like real stores. Mm-hmm. Um, I I usually go to Nordstrom Rack. I like I, and Gosh, I actually think you get really like good shoes at Nordstrom Rack. But my problem is that I never think about like shoes, like buying shoes or clothes until I absolutely need to. Yes. And at this point, it's come to where it's like oh why do my feet and back always hurt it's like oh because these shoes i've been wearing like every day for a year are just broken i'm wearing broken shoes so i've I've reached that point where like basically once a year i'm like i need to buy new shoes because i hurt all the time right let me ask you this you and i were talking about um running this Uh weekend um do you purchase 
how frequently do you purchase a new pair of running shoes? Um, I guess uh, I haven't been running that often mm-hmm. recently, so I haven't put that many like miles on it. Um, but I'm going to start training for a half marathon, and so I will probably buy new shoes now, so that way, and I'll probably throw them away after the half marathon. Okay. Um. I am so bad about because you're supposed to when if you're running regularly replace them every like three months or something. Really? That yeah, often? It, it's it's like it's surprising. Maybe it's every four. No, or, but that's a lot. So it's, it's like lot. when you throw out your toothbrush, you just throw out your running shoes. Yeah, too? I guess so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm done with this, and I'm done with these. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I it, it, I I know I am wearing running shoes like too long. Uh-huh. Um, but I also like I don't. I don't know that I feel bad in the shoes when it's like late in their lifespan. Right. Um, how many pairs of shoes do you own right now? Do you think myself? Yeah. Um, I own running shoes. Uh huh. One pair of running shoes. Um, one like dress shoes mm-hmm. for if somebody doesn't have to go to a funeral. One dress shoes. <laughs> one dress shoes. <laughs> uh, funeral or job interview shoes. Um, and. A pair of sneakers that I bought from H&M and Hate, so I never wear them, <laughs> but I still have them. And then a pair of, another pair of shoes from H&M that I bought and like a lot and wear practically every day. Now, if we count my boyfriend's shoes, the, uh, what a, <laughs> the what door a, opens what, a lot. What a cool like life hack there. <laughs> <laughs> we have the same size shoes. It's wear amazing. your boyfriend's shoes. That's yeah. great. <laughs> I can't wear any of Sarah's yeah. shoes. I also get like hand-me-down clothes when he's like, oh, I can't. I'm too big for these. I can't wear these anymore. Like, 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 so like shirts. So it's like, I have new shirts. It's great. <laughs> that does sound great. Um, Yeah, I uh, I had a pair. Do I still have this pair of shoes? I may still have this pair of shoes. Uh, they're like blue and gray, and I got them from Old Navy of all places. Um, which, if you buy shoes at Old Navy, expect them to fall apart uh, quickly. Sure. Um, but they're they're really cool and have like a, a like yellow and brown lace, um, like laces. It's not not like frilly. I'm not describing these shoes well, Mark. <laughs> Um, but I just, I just always liked them and would get, uh, frequent compliments on them, which is, is fun. Do you have a, a pair of shoes that, um, you like getting compliments on like a pair that you're proud of? Uh, no, I mean, not currently like uh, the shoes, the, like the shoes I got from H and M that I wear basically every day are high tops and they're yeah. black and they are Velcro. I like those shoes. And people love the Velcro. Right. They're cool. And they were like 20 bucks. Right. Um, uh, so those are the ones I probably get like the most compliments on because my one of my friends like purposely bought Velcro shoes because he was like I saw your Velcro shoes and I was like those are cool I should get Velcro shoes that's cool you're a trendsetter Mark oof that's a, this is a lot of pressure for me well I'm sorry <laughs> you're a tastemaker people want Velcro shoes so they can be cool like Mitchell <laughs> um yeah I don't well the reason I. Oh, well, there we go. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. And then that is the end of uh, 433. Today, we were accompanied by... Oh, I've, I've lost that information. We were accompanied by someone. We were accompanied by the uh, K2 Orc Orchestra. 
it's a Japanese orchestra. If you have a recording of 433 that you would like us, uh, that you would like to have accompany us on the segment, you can send us the video uh, to Nintendo Cartridge. Whoa! <laughs> oh no, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Also, if you want to tell us where you buy your shoes. Yeah, we'd love to know. I would. I genuinely would love to know. Uh, I it, would also love to know if you have found those spoilers for the M Night Shyamalan movie Split, which is opening real soon, and I'm not going to see it. But I'm hoping to get spoilers before the movie comes out, and then it's easily Google Googleable. Right. We're having a tough time getting through uh, some basic words. Man, you can send those spoilers to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. Mark, let's move out of four thirty three. Which brings us to our topic, oh, the show, our topic of the week, our topic for right here, for right now, for the next half hour or so. Right here, right now. <laughs> Highway to the danger zone. Rumor zone. Rumor zone. Uh, I would try to sing something from the Fleetwood Mac album Rumors, but I don't know what's on that record. <laughs> Uh, but we are talking about uh, scarcity or the uh, myth of artificial scarcity, um, this thing that Nintendo gets hit with every time they release hardware. Mm-hmm. Um, not, a, not all hardware, um, but a lot, of, uh, a lot of Nintendo products are harder to get at their launch than it seems like they should be. Yeah. Uh, case in point, most recent case, uh, of course, the Nintendo uh, NES Classic Edition. Um, sold out everywhere within minutes of stores opening. Just like crazy. And I, I was anticipating that it would have lines. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not anticipating. I would expect, I was thinking like, oh, like five people, you know, like the diehards. Yes. Um, and uh, impossible to get in-store, impossible to get online. And, oh, like, man. You, would, like, were you on like uh, Amazon trying yeah, to get so, at two o'clock? Uh, I w- I was at work, mm-hmm. and um, this is we should really talk about you because this is the least interesting part. No, let's. let's I was let's I was at work, and we had talked, and like uh, it had been brought up. The NES Classic Edition had been brought up, and uh, so me and two of my coworkers were just like furiously um, refreshing at yeah. two o'clock, trying to get at five, it at five, at five, at five, at five, at five, completely like n- you know, not a chance in the world. The night before, you know, like basically crashed Amazon, you know, like yeah. Amazon was having problems the night before uh, Target, Best Buy or Target, GameStop, like all their websites were basically inoperable for a short amount of time as uh, people just like attacked it, right. refreshing, trying to add things to their cart. It was, it's just been a mess. It's a, a virtual bloodbath, really. Yeah. Well, in a physical like mess as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it was all very orderly. Right. So I took... I took Friday off because I was like, I'm going to get one of these for sure, no matter what. Um, and so my, my plan was to go to the West Hollywood. Um, there's a, a shopping center where there's a Target, a Best Buy, and a GameStop. And I was like, great, I'll go there. If I strike out one place, surely I'll be able to get them other places. And I may be able to pick up multiples. <laughs> little, did I, little did I know. Yeah. It was such wishful thinking. Um, and so I had woken up again. I wake up early in the morning, so um, it was before six o'clock, and I get a a text from a friend of mine um, in Milwaukee saying um, uh, that he saw lines in front of GameStop on his way to work. And I was like, "Uh oh, 
is this, this is this is going to be a thing. Um, so this is again pre six o'clock in the morning. Um, so I'm like, okay, I need to I need to change my plan. I need to get to a target. Target's open at eight o'clock as soon as possible. Um, so I poke my head into the bedroom and and tell Sarah, Sarah, I'm going I'm going to Target. I'll text you later. Because we we were our plan was like to spend the day together getting one of these things and playing it, um, and so I had moved up our our timeline, and so I head to the Target in Glendale, <clears throat> where there is uh, by you know before seven o'clock there is already a line of about ten people, um, and I I join this line and they uh, move us from the ground floor up to like this bridge walkway into the second floor of the target um where we wait and the line gets longer and longer and longer uh at at some point um maybe around 7 30 a, a stock boy is, is like coming out um and you know like he's had heading home he had probably worked like overnight or something i don't know what target shifts are i don't why would i know that <laughs> um but he's just like you guys waiting for the nes classic and we're like yeah and he says we have 55 and then scurries away um, and so me sitting number 11 at this point, I'm like, yes, I'm getting one of these things. Yes. Victory. I got it. And if, if they have 55, I'm definitely getting an extra controller. Like no way am I not going to get an extra controller. Um, so this line grows, grows, grows. By the time it's eight o'clock, there are over a hundred people in this line. Um, and we've known that there are only 55. Yeah, why do people keep waiting? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think maybe they don't believe the number. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 no longer coming from an official source. It's just us at the front of the line. Right. But what do they think? We're like lying to them or something? Anyway, uh, they end up letting us into the store 10 people at a time. It's a very controlled thing, right? Like I said, I'm number 11, so I don't go in with the first... With my compatriots in in you know alpha team, I had to leave <laughs> lead Bravo team. <laughs> um, so uh, you know they they're in there, they're paying for stuff, and then uh, the guy's like, "Okay, next ten, go up." Um, and as I'm going up the escalators, um, the uh, first group is coming back down the escalators, and the guy who was like fourth or fifth in line, um, cool guy was chatting chatting with him earlier, was just like. They're out of controllers. They got three extra oh controllers gosh. for 55 systems. Three, which is not great. Um, but I ended up getting, uh, getting my system. And meanwhile, Sarah had woken up. I had alerted her to what was happening. And so she hightailed it to the West Hollywood Shopping Center, uh, tried to get in line at the Target. But by the time she got there, over 100 people in line. And that target uh, got... 86. Yeah, and I'll just like to interject real fast because I had... I was working um, on... I had I worked on Friday mm-hmm. and... But I saw that they were getting 86 and I was like, oh, maybe I'll just leave a few minutes early and like get there at like 8.30, you know, and like... Because there's no way there's going to be 100... There's no way there's going to be more than like 20 people in line for this. Yeah. So and when I saw there your definitely were. So when I saw your text early in the morning, I was like, "Oh, oh yeah." All of my "don't text people too early in the morning" rules went right out the window because <laughs> I was like, "Everyone needs to know what's going on." Um, yeah. So w- well over a hundred people in this line, um, and so Sarah very wisely um, decided to abandon Target and go uh, to the Best Buy, which wouldn't open for another two hours. 
Um, and at, at this point, starts the line. Sarah's number one. Great job, Sarah. Yeah. Um, but by the time I get, so, you know, I uh, drop off the uh, NES Classic at home, and I drive to West Hollywood so I can stand in line with Sarah. And by the time I get there, there are over 50 people in this line. And how many did that Best Buy get? 35. Oh, my God. So the, by the time I, and then when, when I get there, it's, it's before nine o'clock still. So like, we're still waiting in line for another hour. Um, and it's like, if you're familiar with this Best Buy in West Hollywood, um, like it's the sidewalk is like right out in the sun. It was a hot morning. Um, so I went up to the target, which had been open now for two hours or whatever. Um, and got like a case of, uh, bottled water and like some granola bars and just Santa Claus them out to the line. <laughs> um, and you know, cause like it's a line experience. You yeah. Know? Everyone's too hot or hungry or thirsty or whatever. Um, so I did a good thing and, uh, made everyone a little bit happier in the line and, um, sat with Sarah while we waited for the store to open. And there's a GameStop just like a few storefronts down from yeah. that Best Buy. Mm-hmm. And there was a line there too, right? Yes. Like even that one also opens at ten. So yeah. there was no line at Best Buy, but there was a line, at the, a huge line at the Target, and a line at the GameStop. Right. And by the time the uh, Best Buy opened, there were also a hundred people, at least a hundred people in that line. Like it went all the way down to the the corner there and around. It was it how was many nuts. how many controllers at the Best Buy? Oh, the Best Buy with their thirty five uh, systems had zero <laughs> extra <laughs> controllers. So this was the scene everywhere. This was ever. Yeah. And so if you weren't uh, maniacally staked out at a store hours before it opened, that's all literal, by the way, Mm -hmm. Uh, at least an hour before the store opened, you weren't going to get one of these things. That's an unrealistic expectation. Oh, absolutely. Um, Two things. Yes. One, it was, do you think it was a mistake to do it on Veterans Day when a lot of people had work off? Uh, right? Do you think the lines would have been shorter if more people had to work? No, I don't think so. I guess it's LA. People don't work. You yeah, know, like that's, people, right. that's like, right. Enough people don't really have nine to five jobs, anyways. That also, like for Target, store opens at eight o'clock. That's true. You could you could do it and then go to work. Go to work. Um. Second. Second question. Well, I guess like, um, we'll just get into it. Like, do you think Nintendo? purposefully made not enough of these because the what people cry when this happens this happened with amiibo it happened with the wii when it first came out it happened briefly with the wii u before people stopped wanting it was <laughs> did it even happen uh, with the wii u i feel like it did in the first couple of months sure okay uh for the to get the uh deluxe one the like the black one oh that that, that was true. harder that was in get. shorter supply and the people cry like oh like nintendo is doing this purposefully like they're creating artificial scarcity to increase demand. Do you think that is true or not true? Um, I don't think that is true. I think we're witnessing a couple things happening. Uh, one is that Nintendo has a Nintendo Japan has a hard time understanding um, the American audience's uh, appetite for their products. Um, they just don't understand like the American Nintendo collector. Um, I think this is uh, most clearly demonstrated with Amiibo. Um, they released w- w- with the like first couple rounds of Smash Amiibo. 
um, they had ultra rare characters and a lot of store exclusives so that if you wanted Rosalina, you had to get her at Target or Amazon or wherever it was. Um, and some were exclusive to GameStop, some were exclusive to Walmart. Um, so it like they, I don't think they anticipate that people want to collect everything. I think they just think someone wants to get, uh, you know, a couple amiibo and put them on their shelves. And I think the same thing is true with the NES Classic that they're they don't anticipate everyone wanting it right when it comes out. They see this, you know, we mentioned that uh, they are going to be restocking them from now until Christmas and beyond, no doubt. Um, and I'm sure that they see that as like close enough you know that like people are going to get it within this window and just not understanding that release day fervor that there are going to be lines yeah well um do you think that how limited how limited do you think this is going to be because i agree like i like a year from now is nintendo going to be still manufacturing new NES Classic Editions, or is this something that they're maybe going to do one or two more runs of, and then after the holidays, they'll basically be done Put making... it to bed. Yeah. Uh, it's a good question. Like, it will be limited. I, I think that depends on what their plans are for the future of the Classics line. Um, like, there, there's very clear Classics branding on on these boxes, which implies that there's there, there will be more machines like this. Um, and so, I mean, if they just do, like, a sequel that has 20 more games on it, um, you know, I could see them retiring the, the first generation. But I, I think they'll, they'll be putting these out. They can't, like, slow down on it now, right? Like, it's, it's obviously such an in-demand product. Well, I think... I don't know, it, what are your thoughts there? Well, I think it depends, because I agree with you that I don't think they uh, artificially didn't make enough of these. Yeah. Like I don't think they purposefully made a small first batch to drive up demand because Nintendo doesn't really benefit right now from people not being able to uh purchase these systems. Right. Or from uh the like second seller market. Right. Like they someone reselling one for $300 doesn't net Nintendo any more money. The only argument I think you could reasonably make for Nintendo purposefully doing this is that what they want to do with this first run that people can't get is create the sense of urgency. Mm -hmm. So it, when they release more of them later, people aren't like, oh, I can just pick this up any time. They're like, I see it. I'm going to purchase it now. The thing is, this a product specifically is such an impulse item anyway. Right. Like it already has impulse purchase like printed on the box. Well, that I yeah, like I'm uh I'm not I don't agree with that line of yeah, thought, sure, but sure. I think that's like the only argument you could make for them yeah. making it scarce because I because again, they don't they do not benefit from yeah. not from supply not meeting demand. I think and Mark help me uh help me like kind of logic my way through this one. I think it's possible that Nintendo simply doesn't have the either like financial resources or some other uh, like relationship with uh, shippers or manufacturers or something that someone like Sony or Microsoft does um, because both Sony and Microsoft are in the business of making and distributing hardware um, on a scale so much bigger than Nintendo. 
so much bigger, right? Between uh, uh, computers and televisions and all of that stuff, like their supply lines are just thicker and better stocked than Nintendo's ever were or ever will be. Yeah, I mean, like you want a PS, you wanted a PS4 at launch, you could basically go into a store and buy a PS4. You wanted a PS4 Pro at launch, they're lousy with them. Oh yeah, I mean it's. First of all, it's funny that uh, the the Pro and the NES Classic come out within like a day of each other. Yeah. Um, and you know you're you're in a line and someone is yelling at a cashier about not being able to get an NES Classic. Meanwhile, there are piles of PS4 Pros. But but I think you're right. I think it does come down to the expert, like the logistics expertise, because yeah. Sony produces hardware, not just video game hardware, but hardware yeah. on like a scale. Um, they make so TVs much exponentially, they make TVs. yeah, like exponentially larger. Um, and it's an unfair comparison because they're uh, Apple is probably the best company at logistics, in, yeah. like from an operational standpoint in the world, because they on launch weekend sell, I don't know, like seventy million iPhones. Yeah. So they have gotten their system perfect to the point that they can manufacture and ship for opening day in many countries. Yes. You know, like 70 million iPhones. And, you know, so I, I do think part of it is just like Nintendo does not have the They don't have the infrastructure. Chain. They yeah. don't have the, like, they, that is not something Nintendo has. The other thing, the other part to it is I don't think Nintendo, like you were saying with Amiibo, I don't think Nintendo really understands their audience. I genuinely mm-hmm. think that the, like, the demand for the NES Classic Edition has, like, uh caught them off guard a little bit yeah uh because my understanding is that um like for example the famicom mini was not an original plan it wasn't until they had like manufactured like at least a test of the um nes classic edition they were like Oh. Oh, do you think people might want this? Like the Famicom yeah. version of this? You know, and so And it, it boggles my mind that that's not something that they like the Famicom classic is probably something that there's a market for here as I well. I mean, even in quote unquote limited quantities. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like uh yeah, so I I I I, th- I think there are yeah, in some ways I think Nintendo just doesn't really fully understand mm-hmm. its audience and like the because and I'm I have no information I'm projecting on this but you know I could imagine a scenario where they're like but all of these most of these games are like available on the Wii virtual the Wii U virtual console the Wii you know like and the 3DS virtual and the console, 3DS yeah. virtual console so it's like it's not like these games aren't attainable um so I could imagine a world where they're kind of caught off guard by it no I uh again stores um. Nintendo couldn't have been completely caught off guard because stores were putting in large pre-orders for this. You know, yeah. like they would be like, oh, I'm going to pre-order 90 units because it's the holiday season. And, and it's a this is going to be a perfect stuff, item. Yeah. Like this is going to sell, right? Like so retailers and saw this. And so they were putting in like orders, like a small game store, independent game store, I put an order for 90. And that's not unreasonable for the holidays. And they would get five. Right. right, but Nintendo, but they put their pre-orders in from the distributor, and the distributor obviously like informed Nintendo of these orders. So Nintendo couldn't have been completely caught off guard 
Because even if they didn't do consumer pre-orders, stores were putting in their, you know, like, orders. Well, but so, like, here's the thing. How, I, and I know nin, there's not, like, a Nintendo factory. They farm these things out. <laughs> right. But, like, um, obviously Nintendo is continuing to make uh, uh, 3DS uh-huh. hardware um, I, in new vanilla um, uh, 2DS and XL varieties. So they're, they're printing a bunch of different um, handhelds already. Plus, they haven't stopped making uh, Wii U's yet. Right. Soon. Not right, yet. But not yet. Um, and they've got to be uh, up churning Switch. out Switch. So, like, how much... That, I mean, I, That's I, a good point. They yeah, probably... They may just not have the bandwidth to yeah. make more of these. I wonder if this is something that we see go away with uh, Nintendo collapsing their uh, console line and the handheld line. Um, so that they don't have to have production runs of you know two or three or four different like kinds of hardware at once. I mean, I'm, they're going to keep making 3ds's, so maybe that, yeah, that's but maybe a good they'll point. simplify the line. Like maybe when the Switch comes out, they'll have the 2ds and like the new 3ds, or maybe just the new 3ds X. You know, maybe they'll yeah. like simplify the line because I imagine when the Switch comes out, I'm in my head, I'm imagining that the 3ds line gets a price drop. Right, so like I, I I feel like it has been getting price drops right. for a while. Yeah, so, I mean the the new 3ds for a hundred bucks is right, is pretty right, great. and yeah. then like the yeah, and then if the XL becomes like a hundred and the new XL becomes like a hundred and fifty, mm-hmm. if the Switch does launch at two fifty, that's like a hundred dollar price difference, which I think is like reasonable. That's fair, yeah. Um, and so maybe they'll simplify that line, but yeah, that's a good point. It may just be purely like they again, they don't have the bandwidth, they don't have the infrastructure that, like, one of these larger companies do. And it's not like they have the muscle to, like, throw around. You know, they're not, like, again, yeah. Apple, mm-hmm. where they can, like, squeeze their suppliers for um, margins and be, like, you know, like, Foxconn, who makes a lot of Nintendo products, yeah. if they have to choose between pumping out iPhones and iPads and they have to, or, you know, like, we use, they're gonna be, like, okay, Apple's way more valuable to us. Right. And not that these factories are, like, interchangeable or right next to each other or anything but you know just like the you know theoretically run next door and print (laughs) print me a couple ipads (laughs) right um but and then here's the other thing is yes i i think nintendo uh um could have sold more of these obviously they had them right but i i think they have to be limited i don't think this is something that they can churn out indefinitely i think at some point and it'll probably be after the holidays I think at some point Nintendo has to put their like just has to be like okay we're not running we're not making these anymore and I think the reason they have to do that is because they don't want these uh they don't want to like devalue their games sure and and not just their games but like the devalue the idea of a new um piece of Nintendo hardware in your home right or just like Nintendo hardware in general because yeah. like uh, think how easy it is. Like you can go to any, pretty much any CVS or Rite Aid, and there's going to be a poorly constructed, uh, Sega licensed, you know, yeah. like Genesis machine with that, like fifty, games with like on fifty it. games. And so you see that, and you're like, oh, like Sonic. Those early Sonic games are worthless, yeah, because they are so easily attainable. Right. You can play them anywhere on any system at any moment if I'm like I want to play say uh Sonic 2. I you I can, can go to it. like yeah. I spend like 20 bucks and I can get 50 
you know, like Genesis games. You can get Altered Beast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can get... Oh, I can't list more Genesis games. Alex Kidd. <laughs> but like, is that a game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it is like it's so easy to do it. And and it's driven the price so down, like down so low that it, they're it, they're basically trash. The, and they're not great systems. A lot of times the emulation is poor. Right. You know, like you're getting what you pay for. And so Sega has devalued the Sonic IP. Sega has devalued the val- like the value of Sonic of, 2. Of their nostalgia. Right. Yeah. And uh and so and I think Nintendo uh even if they're not necessarily aware of what their customers want, I think they are aware of their of the value of their IP. And like mm-hmm. we and so many people hold Super Mario 3 and like Super Mario Brothers and a lot of the games that are on the NES Classic Edition, we hold those in like such high regard that I don't think Nintendo wants to drop that. I don't think Nintendo wants it to be, you know, like Super Mario Brothers and Super Mario Brothers 3 to be become like Sonic and Sonic 2 where you're just like, "Oh, I can get this anywhere. I can pay I can buy mm-hmm. it for 99 cents on the App Store or I can buy it in this like NES Classic Edition that is, you know, like in drugstore." You know, I I think they yeah. want to avoid that. I mean, I I think it it does help that um I'll say this just unilaterally that like all of these games are better than a sonic game like super mario brothers 3 in addition to being more carefully guarded with you know its distribution um even though you can play it on any nintendo console basically um is just going to be a better game than anything that's going to be on uh that that genesis that knockoff genesis with 50 games right i mean i i agree with you there are people who grew up with Sonic who I mean I I sort of did too and not I didn't love it as a kid but like I played it a little bit and I I like those games okay but like well I'm not saying that they would necessarily argue that it's a better game but they might you know like say that oh it's but it's worth to me like the same amount um and I think uh this opens up into an interesting interesting discussion of what do what do you see the future of the virtual console being do we see it on the switch do we or does Ooh. Nintendo replace that with these like NES these classic editions this classics line? Sure, I hope that's not the. I I think they can live together. That um, there's something very appealing about having a a package of all of these things together, um, and but there's still always going to be a market for. Uh, buying games a la carte you know um and yeah i i i think they i want to see them side by side i hope that they i mean i'm I'm actually a little bit nervous just for the future of the virtual console in general um we don't know how much memory the the switch is going to have and how realistic it is going to be to have you know, old, older games. Well, older games, especially like NES games, and even SNES they're, games. They're teeny tiny. tiny, yeah. But like, you know, as we move forward in time, the uh, definition of retro game gets newer and newer. Um, you know, there are, uh, you know, when we were talking to, to Fottle about his experience with uh, Luigi's Mansion, um, he was experiencing it much earlier in his life than I was experiencing it in my life. And I'm sure there are people who are listening that Luigi's Mansion feels sounds like an old game to them, you know? So 
Yeah, I don't. I, I I don't know. I I think we have to be prepared for a future where the retro games, the virtual console games, are bigger, um, bigger file size. Uh, so yeah, I I, I don't know. I don't know if that's um going to be a, an issue with the switch and its uh storage yeah i don't know even though i posed the question i i don't know that the virtual console goes away mm-hmm. but i think nintendo uh mo i mean partly just because the marketing of switch is you can take your games with you and so to be like except for the games you could take with you you know like on the yeah. 3d it seems like a weird mixed marketing message yeah, for sure but i do think nintendo faces a lot of challenges going forward with the virtual console uh, part of that is uh, it's never been particularly well um, populated. Like it usually, you know, mm-hmm. outside of the Nintendo standards. Well, you know, and I, I there think are long droughts where things yeah. aren't being released on it. Well, and I think this uh, speaks to um, a, a point you were talking about before we started recording. Um, so I'm just going to drive us to it right now um, that, uh, you know, there is a different virtual console for um, we then for Wii U, then for 3DS. Um, and Nintendo's moving towards this uh, consolidated My Nintendo account. And um, if there is a system that unifies all of this so that you're not waiting around you know, for, oh, okay, I bought EarthBound on one thing. Oh, good, now I can buy EarthBound on the 3DS as well. Um, one unified account system where you can buy a game and effectively just have the license to play it on Nintendo hardware. Which would be similar to the like the Apple App Store idea mm-hmm. and the Google Play Store idea where it's like, oh, I'm just going to buy this once. And theoretically, for as long as I own, as I'm in this ecosystem, in the Apple ecosystem, in the Google ecosystem, in the Nintendo ecosystem, I will be able to play this game on all of my compatible devices. And uh, I think this goes back to that idea of like Nintendo were uh wanting to preserve the value of these games is that this what and this is what like gamers are saying that they want for the switch store Mm -hmm. one uh, is like i will buy it once and then with the promise that in the future i'll never have to you won't make me buy it again my license will transfer and one that's like pretty unprecedented in games and really in like media um I, I guess the closest argument you could get to is that uh, the Xbox One, Microsoft has started supporting uh, backwards compatibility. Backwards compatibility. Yeah. So if you like bought, if you like have the physical discs or whatever from the 360 or you bought it digitally, I think, you know, yeah. like they honor those licenses for as select titles that are continuing to grow. Which is actually crazy for the, uh, if you have a disc, because it has to emulate it. You're basically downloading the version that's on the Xbox One right. store. Yeah, which is, uh, yeah, that, that, that's, cr- that's a, those are crazy hoops they're jumping but, through to make it happen. But previously to this, it wasn't like, oh, you bought a DVD? Well, here's the Blu-ray for free, you know, like, mm-hmm. the, uh, which is I feel like a fair comparison to what is being asked here, where it's like, oh, you bought it on the Switch. Well, then you automatically, you know, you bought it on the Wii, then right. you automatically get it on the Wii U, then you automatically, you know, but people are feeling, I think it is some of this like App Store economy where people are feeling like nickeled and dimed a little bit. Yeah. Where they're like, I bought it on the Wii U. Why do I have to buy it again on the Switch? And I, I do think that no matter what Nintendo does, that is going to happen. Like you will just have to buy it again at yeah. least one more time. Um. 
But on on these app stores, buy like, it again. Yeah, one last time. <laughs> but on the Apple App Store specifically, I can't really speak to the Google Play Store as much. But um, uh, developers are moving away from this idea of one-time purchase because it's so limiting. You know, you e- even if you have a hit app, yeah, and people are downloading it, let's say for like one dollar, and you get ten million downloads the lifetime of your app it's like that is you are going to get 10 million and maybe some more will trickle in over the year but uh it's like really boom and bust right your option in that case would be like to make a follow-up and hope that it does that app does as well and that's not really sustainable business model so more and more people on the app store are moving towards this idea of subscriptions where it's either you buy, you download it for free, and Microsoft is too with Office, where it's like you either download it yes. for free, download it for a small fee, and or then you like lease the license, and then yeah. every you know like uh you pay for like three months or six months or nine months to continue to use it, and this way it becomes much more sustainable. And I think in order for this idea of perpetual license in the virtual console to work, and in order for Nintendo to achieve in order for these two things to be in harmony, where it's like, okay, you want a perpetual license and we don't want to devalue Super Mario Brothers 3 by saying, okay, this is worth $3 for life. Yeah. Um, I think the only way Nintendo can really achieve that is through like a subscription system where, you know, they're like, you get access to the virtual console for as long as you pay, Right, so you want it oh, forever. Sure. So, so you're saying the five ninety nine a month. You pay the nine ninety nine right. a month, and you're buying games on top. No, of it? no, oh, where okay. it's just like this is it. Like you have access to like the, a Netflix style. Yeah, basically okay. like a Netflix style, except the library would kind of be like fixed, and they would be adding games to it over time. But right, um, I mean, I, I think there is uh, w- one of the reasons that this is uh, an issue is that. Um, I think we're being trained by phones to um, not hang on to old hardware. Um, Like, no matter what Nintendo sells on whatever platform going forward, I've got my Super Nintendo and the, like, 15 or 16 games that, like, I love with all of my heart and will be able to play forever. Now, mind you, the batteries in some of them are dying, so I can't save in Super Metroid anymore. But, like the games are still there and like I'll always be able to play them. Um and you know the same is true of the the Wii U games I have. Um but there's like a question of preservation or of people coming back to those titles years later. This is a complicated issue, Mark. And it's, it's complicated. I don't I don't I don't have any way to wrap this up. Well, I mean, I don't think well, I'll, I will say that I don't think they are going to move to a subscription model with Switch. Mm-hmm. Um just because it is a newer, I mean, kind of like trend in tech, you know, and like the app stores and stuff to move towards the subscription model. Yeah. And Nintendo moves very slowly in this regard. So I yeah, don't they're just getting to microtransactions. <laughs> yeah. Now. So like so I don't I don't know what they're solution is going to be maybe they will just grant a license and you'll be able to use it you know forever going forward Mm -hmm. um it just feels unlikely to me i like disney has trained us really well with uh even if we're not conscious of it of like this idea of the disney vault yeah it's like we're going to release uh dvds and digital downloads of titles 
for a specific amount of time. And it's usually a couple of years, you know, it's not like necessarily short, but it's a few years. And then it's like, and then we're going to remove it from the market. Right. And what that does is it, you know, it it maintains the value of these things because it's like, oh, you know, I've seen the commercial for this. It's being released from the Disney vault. It's coming out, you know, like. I I remember thinking 101 Dalmatians, the animated, the, the cartoon movie that it came out when I was a kid because like they brought it out in theaters and had a whole like marketing push for bringing it out of the vault. Um, it was made in like the fifties or something. Sixties. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, there, and there is a, like, I probably wouldn't have been aware of that movie. Uh, you does, does that serve the, the customer? Does it serve the company? And I mean, almost what's the difference? Like, well, I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think what it does and people argue against it, but, um, because they want access to it all the time. But I think that want that, like that I want access to this all the time and I can't get it is what Disney wants because they want people to want it. So when it yes. is released, they acquire it. Right. And I, and again, that's maintaining the value of these licensed titles instead of just flooding the market and be like, you want 101 Dalmatians? It's just going to be out there. It's just, and it'll just be in the bargain yeah. bin and you can just like pick it up and you're, you know, if you're, Kid likes it. Great. It was a buck ninety nine, um, and which doesn't really serve Disney that well, and I don't think it serves Nintendo that well to have like Mario three in, in a weird way because it is attainable all the time if through virtual console. Sure. Mm-hmm. But thus far, it has been limited licenses, right? Yes. Where it's been like you're buying it on the 3ds and you can keep it forever on the 3ds, but you but want it on it. the Wii U, you're gonna yep. buy it again, right? Because it's special. This is a special game, and I think. Nintendo would be wise to figure out a way to maintain that, even if it upsets customers a little bit, because your alternative is the Sega bargain bin. Sure. Well, and also like, I, I maybe maybe it's uh, maybe it's not cool to like question the consumer's reaction, but like, are you actually upset about it, or are you just excited for when you do get to play it? You know what I mean? Like, um, the sole reason that i got into uh collecting amiibos in the first place was because they were hard to find like when when i had the opportunity to snatch up some um some some rare amiibo that's that's what got me like on it and now they're easy to come by um i walked into best buy and bought this mega man on saturday um you know now that they're easy to buy i don't have that same like fervor but it's built into my brain that like this is a rare thing that you can buy. Um, and I'm not defending Nintendo's uh, account system, right? Like, it's kind of, it's a well, mess yeah, right it, now. It's bad. You yeah. know, like, it's not great. If you lose your 3DS, it should be, like, uh, much easier to get your game. Yeah. You know, like, that, that is, that, the license, that stuff is a mess. And I'm not, like, saying that's good or consumer friendly. And I don't think that does what we're talking about here, which is, like, maintaining yeah. the value. Um, I think it's just kind of the uh, legacy implementation that Nintendo again is. You know, they're not great at uh, infrastructure, right? And maybe not great at knowing what their consumers want, what their customers want. Um, I mean, hey, we'll never see Mother Three. So <laughs> I, I don't, I don't believe, I don't believe that. I what when uh, on what platform will we see Mother Three? Switch. I think we'll see it on the what. Switch. <laughs> I and I think we'll, I think we'll see it on Switch, and I think we'll see it. Uh, as part of like the virtual console, I think it'll be a big deal. 
Maybe uh, a launch, even. That would be crazy. Maybe like the virtual console launch, launch title. Uh, Mark, as I was doing just a little uh, research here on um, uh, scarcity, which is where this conversation started, <laughs> uh, I, I stumbled on just some uh, one, one fact that I thought was uh, super fun. Um, the Super Famicom, when it was released in Japan, was uh, so popular um, that it, just like the NES Classic, sold out within minutes of stores being open, right? Um, and uh, uh, I've heard apo- possibly apocryphal tales about uh, Dragon Quest games only being released on weekends so that people wouldn't take off work to buy them. Um, but uh, according to uh, David Sheff's book, Game Over, um, the Japanese government actually asked hardware manufacturers after the release of the Super Famicom to only release on weekends because people were ditching work and school to buy them. But also, the Famicom, Super Famicoms were so rare that it, it caught the attention of the Yakuza, the, <laughs> the Japanese mafia, and they were knocking over Super Famicom trucks. And so they were delivering them like at night and doing all these strange things to like deliver them safely to places so they wouldn't be robbed. So, you know, until the, the Mafia is knocking over NES Classic Edition trucks uh, and stealing the, the contents, I think we're not as bad as the uh, Super Famicom in, Jap- in Japan. Yeah. We're doing all right. We're doing all right. Mark, I think we've covered that. Yeah, although I will say if yeah. anybody out there has any thoughts of their own you know about scarcity or really i'm really interested in uh your thoughts on the future of the virtual console yeah and and the account system in general yeah yeah. and this idea of keeping nintendo games scarce to maintain their value yeah mark where should they send their thoughts on that they should send their thoughts to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. I'm sorry for pimping you out like that. <laughs> it should always happen in the reverse, and I, I, I apologize. Mark, let's move into our listeners' reader mail. Today's question comes from Joe Fender. Uh, Joe wrote to us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Um, and if you have questions for us, you can also always post on our Facebook page or tweet at us. Um, we check all of that stuff. Uh, Joe's question reads, hello, hosts. Hi, Joe. Uh, I'm curious about the thought process behind game compilations. Duck Hunt and Mario Brothers most famously, but there are lots more, I'm sure. How and why did do game companies decide to do this? This model of packaging Packaging games interests me because it seems to forecast bloatware on phones and operating systems, but seems somehow more curatorial than NFL and stock apps on your phone that you can't delete. So Joe's question is about uh, compilations and uh, game compilations um, and whether or not they uh, portended the uh, apps on our phone that we can't get rid of. Um, Mark, what are some of your uh, meaningful game compilations? Uh, to you Mm, we talked about it briefly last week but the super mario brothers duck hunt and world class track meet or world class track and field um i think it's world class track meet but but that like combo cartridge that Mm -hmm. came with the nes 
that yeah. my parents bought. That that's the um that's kind of the gold standard, right? Yeah, and uh I are we counting like Super Mario All-Stars? I think Super Mario All-Stars is is another good example. I would also put Wii Sports up there. Yeah. Um, uh, you can't buy those games separately, but like it is six different six. Who knows? Bowling, tennis, and others. <laughs> <laughs> Bowling, tennis, boxing, golf. Was there anything else? It's I think that's it in four. Wii Sports. Okay. Yeah, maybe it is just those four. <laughs> boxing and golf. <laughs> <laughs> golf's golf's one golf of the better fun? ones. <laughs> Boxing's a mess, but like golf is one of the better ones. I always thought tennis was... Tennis, I think, is the... Ten- tennis is the money one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess uh, Joe's question about... Um, I, I, I don't feel like game compilations off, often have a lot of fat on them, right? Like, if, if we're saying, um, like, Mario All-Stars, I guess, like, uh, Lost, Lost Levels is kind of tossed in there as, as a novelty yeah. or a curiosity. I mean, I think of, like, we've named two of the good ones. Mm-hmm. I think there are lots of bad game, comp- well, not bad, but, like, unappealing to me game compilations. Um we would buy or my parents would buy us like namco arcade collection yeah because it was cheap you know or like the namco museum volume right and like you know there's like sega like classics compilations and i think those a lot of times have games that are not they're like thrown in for quote-unquote added value yeah but are just bad yeah um and especially because i don't really like arcade games that much Mm -hmm. and so to me like getting one of those is just like you know i'm gonna play it a little bit but i i feel like that's the the perfect context for an arcade game like that though where like you're not gonna play it for more than like seven minutes at a time and you know maybe only three or four times in your life but it's in a package with a, a bunch of other games like i know um you know, I, I had a I had the uh, Sonic Mega Collection on the um, GameCube. Um, I just said Mega Collection. I don't know if Mega is part of it. <laughs> I may have made that up. Um, but a, a Sonic Collection on on GameCube, and it's all um, you know the the 3D Sonic games. And there was maybe like a Game Gear Sonic, or there there were like some other really disposable garbage games in there. Um, that I was interested in sampling, um, but you know, because it also had Sonic, Sonic Two, Sonic Three, Sonic and Knuckles, like I was satisfied with the the product as it was. Yeah, so I, I think there's two kinds of game compilations. There's like you're saying the more curated ones, mm-hmm. and those I feel are usually, uh, especially in Nintendo's history, used later in the console's life to add value to you know like it comes as a package yeah so it's like okay you buy this and then you also get this compilation game and the console's been out for so long that we don't have to lower the price so the whole thing will still be 199 but you get this pack in game right i feel like that a lot of times has been nintendo's use for compilations so i think that's one kind i think the other kind is this kind of like uh uh like garbage disposal you know approach right. where it's just, just like, like catch all we're gonna throw everything in here and because it, quantity over quality yeah. right where it's just like because there's so many it becomes worth you know your money potentially versus these games actually being able to like all not all these games are going to be desirable does it seem weird that nintendo doesn't do more of these like especially now and and given their um 
given like their, their pedigree and like the value of their IP. And maybe it goes back to what you were saying about like, they want to maintain the value, but like, um, you know, the, uh, Mega Man legacy collection, um, an awesome package, uh, six games. Great. Right. Like I, I love having that thing. Um, it's interesting that, that there is, that there aren't more like, what if, uh, they packaged, um, in in some sort of portable package uh the three game boy zelda games like that would be interesting or a uh, package um slash like remake uh metroid 2 and like put that with uh uh super metroid or like anything like they 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 have so much so many games that like are are, are in need of like a a repackaging and representation um yeah i uh i think part of the answer to your question at least in my opinion is that uh like value thing yeah because i mean think when uh we were joking about it earlier but when super mario all-stars was mm-hmm. released on the wii as part of like mario's anniversary it was like yeah that was just super mario all-stars printed onto a, a disc. Wii disc yeah and then things sold like you know like a respectable yeah, like I bought it. Right, I was like excited to be able to. play. It was in a red box. Yeah, and, well, and it was like I was excited to be able to play these games, you know, like on mm-hmm. the Wii, basically, without going through, like you know, even though they were available in their original forms on the virtual console. So I think that's part of the reason why they uh, don't do it is because Nintendo has been able to maintain the value of these games, you know, like individually. Yeah, and but I I uh, but I think the examples that you brought up of the uh like more forgotten nintendo titles mm-hmm. you know like the yeah like the game boy zeldas like i would a hundred percent buy a complete i i mean i you know like i'd buy a compilation of that in a second i think that just comes down to nintendo not being large enough and they just don't have the resources they just to, don't have yeah. the resources to to do it and even if they like would farm it out to a third party they don't have like the brain power you know like to for somebody to supervise it right you know like and maintain the nintendo quality on something like that i like nintendo's growing and they are big but they're not big enough to do everything well they that... they 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 have so many big and important ips that it, it would be impossible to have enough managers to actively maintain them all yeah like and again i don't even know if nintendo thinks we want these game boy zelda game. you know like i don't even know if that has even and crossed do we, their mind you and i right, say we, we do if you the find that you want a compilation of the Game Boy Zeldas, you can always write we it to us. We didn't do this any at the beginning, so we're like really loading it here on the back end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail dot com. Uh, yeah, I would love to hear everyone else's suggestions uh, for that. Uh, how about a bunch of um, uh, a, a compilation of Nintendo puzzle games? They they did a Tetris versus Doctor Mario. What about a Tetris versus Doctor Mario versus Yoshi's Cookie? Versus I mean, you Wario's never Woods. see Wario's Woods. Yeah. You know, Wario's Woods like never mentioned ever. Or, um, the except for me, every episode. Of <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, there. I think there's a ton of titles mm-hmm. that have just for, been languishing in Nintendo's vast library, and they're not put on the virtual console, and they are not um, available. And I, you know, I, I think fans would snatch them up if they were available, but, you know, whether it's manpower or just not uh, aware that people want it. Yeah. 
I, so, I someday Nintendo will be ten companies. <laughs> <laughs> no, that sounds so sad. <laughs> <laughs> you just want Nintendo to be one company. Yeah. Mark, I think that's legit. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Joe, for the question. Uh, that was listeners reader mail. Readers listener, it was something. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Uh, if you um, get a second, uh, we sure would love uh, you to hop on over to iTunes to rate and review and subscribe. Uh, tell your friends about this show if you like the show um, and encourage them to do the same. Um, if uh, you can also follow us on, it's not an if, the sentence doesn't start with an if. Uh, follow us on Twitter. At, we're at nin cart society and our facebook page is just nintendo cartridge society um and if you like mark and mine's uh, opinions on stuff um we also write about comic books on retconpunch.com uh, olivia duncan made our logo and our theme music is provided to us by 8-bit betty um and if you like 8-bit betty you can check him out on uh, bandcamp or 8bitbetty.com or you can listen to a little bit of his music right here For my co-host Mark Mitchell, I'm Patrick Ellers, and watch out for solar flares, and thanks for listening. What's a creative podcast network?